0: So something happened to me recently, which I'm sure at some point or another has probably happened to you. So for a while, I had a song stuck in my head. We hear a riff, a tune, a beat that gets stuck in our brain, and it's not even a whole song really. Sometimes it's just a melody or a fragment, a catchy tune without lyrics. So I did like I'm sure many of you have done in this situation. I did a frantic Google search. Spending more time than I actually care to admit trying to find it, but nothing came up, so I just kind of forgot about it. And I figured eventually I'll come across it, and that'll be that. So it was probably months later, maybe even a year, and it was well out of my mind when I heard it. So recently I was out with a friend one evening, we were watching a football game at a local pub, and there was a live band. And they were really good, the music was great and you know as we were about to get up and leave the last song of the evening was the song i was looking for so we stayed till the song was done and after they were finished i went up to the band and i asked what is this song i've been trying to find it i've been looking for so long this is so great what like what's the name of it and so the singer was like it's layla by eric clapton and i felt kind of stupid because i was like okay layla it's in the song but to be fair There's several versions of it. There's an acoustic version, and then there's an electric version. And the second half of the song was really what I was looking for. It's the part with no words. It's just music. And that's the part that was stuck in my head. So I was satisfied with the answer, and I'm like, okay, I'll go home and I'll download the song. But I was about to leave, and the singer added something that I was not expecting. She said, look up the history of the song. It's a really great story about how Eric Clapton wrote it. I won't get into it here. That's something that you can look up on your own. But my point here is that I thought it was so fascinating that a song felt like a journey just to get the name of it. And then when I finally got it, the singer said there's a whole story behind it to this one song. And I think that's the power of music. It can catch us, even just a hint of it. And and that's what makes today's episode such a tragic tale. We look at some of the greatest artists, the greatest musicians of all time, cut down in their prime. Welcome to the Grim and Glamorous podcast. Today's episode is about rock and roll and the 27 Club Conspiracy. Welcome back to the Grim and Glamorous podcast, and we are your hosts, Albie G, Andrea.
1: Welcome to our 10th episode.
0: Yeah, 10 episodes.
1: Can you believe it?
0: Yeah, I mean, how about that cold open for our 10th episode? That was was great. Yeah, was was it? I hope it was. I was just kind of like, let's do something a little bit different for this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, it's kind of crazy how fast that's gone by. I mean, like, we planned this last year over the summer, and then on Halloween, we kind of rolled it out. Mm -hmm. And so it's really cool that we were already in February and still rolling with it. Yeah but um today's episode um it's about the 27 club rock and roll history the conspiracy behind that mythic group and this is something i've been wanting to talk about for a while because i remember in high school a lot of my friends are into music and so they are way more knowledgeable than me about it like i'm not a music person Mm -hmm. like i like it but i'm not an expert at all um but there's something about this story and this like conspiracy, that's really fascinating to me because, like all of these people that we're gonna talk about are like great artists, like probably some of the best ever, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it so interesting is that, like there's this coincidence that all of them, you know, left too early at the age of twenty seven, um, so I think there's something there to kind of look at. You know, there's a lot of artists we may not go in depth into each of them yeah
1: I mean there's there's quite a few like we, artists yeah
0: we picked out let's see one two three
1: and also it's not just eight. music it's also like sports it's like yeah artists artists like classical artists
0: yeah I think that was something that was when we were looking into this that kind of I was surprised to learn was that it's yeah it's not just mm. music it kind of extends beyond it and I think that brings up another question, too. Like, when I was looking at this list, like, it's it's pretty lengthy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I thought, what's, like, the measure of, like, what makes a good, not a good edition, but the ones that are, like, they clearly belong are the ones that have achieved some level of, like, notoriety. Mm-hmm. Like, there are some that are kind of, like, semi-famous, but. Right. And I think that's another thing to look at, too, is, like. You know, the ones we picked out here are, like, all-time greats. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah, like, what are are your thoughts about, like, this in general? Like, the idea that there's this group of people that, at the age of 27, you know, they they all died clearly too young, arguably in the prime of their careers. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I know you're a big music person.
1: Yeah. I want to say that probably if you think about it like if you're in a band if you're a musician like you're always on the road you're like um stress all the time so you might help ha- also have like some sort of like um you know not really time like to yourself always got to be like in the public eye um there's probably not a lot of privacy um so i think also too that like when if you think about it like I think it's probably, for most of these cases of partying too hard, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, and when I mean partying, I don't mean like, you know, like a party like you and me, heavy drinking, heavy, doing heavy drugs. When you get into that, it's just like a, like an addiction, like it doesn't go away. But, and then you also have to think about like, how long have they been doing these? Like, how long have they been doing these like hard drugs? Like, how long have you been doing that in your life that at 27 that you died because of it?
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. And looking into um, some of the explanations or the reasons for, like, why this age, like, and why this group of people. And um, one thing that I was reading was that, like, 21... To 29 for musicians in particular mm-hmm. and musicians and artists and creative people, um, they're slightly more at risk for dying early at that time. And then later on in like their 50s. Mm-hmm. like. And one thing that this article I was reading about talked about was that just this lifestyle of like rock music, because a lot of this is like rock. Yeah. Um, so not even just like music in particular, but like, you know, rock music, Uh um, that just sort of the, yeah, like you were saying, the pressures of, of fame and the pressures of being a musician and going on tour and being in the public eye and just that lifestyle of, of, yeah, like drinking and partying and going to shows and traveling it's sort of this like lifestyle that feeds into that, and so if they already have like personal problems or addictions, like that just feeds it mm-hmm. and also like them at this point, like most of them are famous, and so they're surrounded by people that enable that like they're not, yeah, gonna, they're not exactly. gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna tell them no, and I think what's you know if you look at even just beyond music, celebrities in general, like actors um you know, other types of musicians, uh, artists face similar things. Like if you look at in more recent, um, the more recent present, like Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of famous people that they were just surrounded by people that never said no, like their doctors, their lawyers, their managers. They basically just, you know, complied with whatever they wanted until Mm -hmm. they reached a point where, you know, clearly it was too much. Right. Um, but yeah, this group in particular is, is fascinating because I think, um, if we look back sort of at the history of it, we, we go to like the late sixties, early seventies, like 1969, 1971. And clearly that's just a, um, you know, chaotic time in American history, politically, socially, there's a lot of upheaval, a lot of change. Uh, a lot of protest, and so musicians are sort of, like, they captured the spirit of that time, and so, you know, lots of people flocked to this music as a way to mm-hmm. kind of just yeah um, capture that and communicate that feeling, and so it's not surprising to me that some of these artists were huge. I mean, like, we're looking at, you know, Brian Jones uh, with the Rolling Stones, mm-hmm. Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, like, these were titans of music. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all, you know, you know, met their ends in, di- in different ways. Um, but it really, st- I, to me, it, it's like that's that core group, like, within those, you know, three years. The fact that they all died at 27. Mm-hmm. I think that was, like, when it first got on people's radar. But it goes back further than that. Right. And there's more people, too. So the Mars Volta, that was one that I, I wanted to include there. Uh, Jeremy Ward, a sound technician for the Mars Volta. So he died in 2003 and um, they had a really big album. Like I really liked the Mars Volta. The Mars yeah.
1: was really good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree.
0: But what's interesting there is like his band moved on without him mm-hmm. after he died. And like there's debates over whether they were as good after him. They had some really good albums afterwards, but, um, it was different. And so I think that's another thing too, is like, if you, if you're part of this group or something bigger than yourself and you're this major player in it, it's sort of like, and then you're gone. It's sort of like, how do you keep going and maintain that same level of success without that person? Right. Of course. Um, but yeah, there's um I think it starts with that that core group in the sixties and seventies and then and then from there the list is just like it's it's all over. Like there's yes. there's nineties, two thousands, and then you can even go back further in time. To me, these are the most notable and the ones that I wanted to, to really look at. So you have Amy Winehouse in twenty eleven, Kurt Cobain ninety-four. Uh, Jeremy Ward with the Mars Volta in 2003. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of jumped down to like the originals. So Jim Morrison in 71, Hendrix in 70, Janis Joplin in 70 also, uh, and Brian Jones in 69. Like of those people, like, are you big fans of any of those?
1: I love Nirvana and Kurt Cobain. Also Hole, Um, Courtney Love, big inspiration. Um, Oh, also a member of her band, Hole. Kristen, I don't remember her last name, but she was also part of this, too. She died at 27. Kristen Foff. It's like okay. a silent P in there. But, yeah, she was. Um, she had a drug overdose in 1994. That same year that Kurt Cobain died, she died. Yeah, I love, love Kurt Cobain. I love Hole. Um, Amy Winehouse was, like, a big one. Yeah. Because um I literally remember the day that she died. Because I was out of the country. I was actually in Ireland. I was with my best friend and we were like in a cab. And this cab was like playing like, you know, like the taxi driver was playing like, you know, some music and then all of a sudden they had like a you know, a special like report coming through the radio. They're like this just in like about an hour ago. Amy Winehouse was found in her house dead. And it was just like all three of us, like me, my best friend, and the cab driver were just like stunned. We were shocked that Amy Winehouse had died. And like the whole way, the whole ride was like, it went from like a good, like happy, like, oh, great, we're an island having fun. And then all of a sudden it was just like, like real quick, it was just like a sad, somber ride back to our hotel. And then that was the news for, like, the rest of our trip was Amy Winehouse, like, people visiting her house, like, bringing her flowers. I mean, it was just so sad how tragic it was and, like,
0: you mm-hmm. know, and
1: how she was, like, super talented, which is, of course, you've heard Amy Winehouse sing. Like, you've heard some some songs by her. Yeah, absolutely. She was an amazing talent, and it was just a huge, huge loss for, like, like the music. uk and like for music for
0: the world I think. yeah like, yeah even, i mean
1: yeah i think at that time she probably only had like maybe one or two albums i don't i don't really remember that i mean for music that was just like a really sad day
0: yeah i remember that i had just graduated from college and we would listen to her music pretty frequently like during my college years like that's mm-hmm. when she yeah you know um hit it big and uh, i remember when she died a lot of people were really upset but there was just this sense that um it was just like too soon Mm -hmm. like she had just uh released uh her album and it was like a huge you know success i don't i think it was platinum or i'm i'm not sure i'll have to look at that Mm but um and she had like a unique voice, like just her style of singing. Yeah. And um, that's something that's like innate, like that's just um, you know for myself. Like one of the things I love about music is like the singers. Like I always look at um, just vocalists, like who ha- who's talented. So not I. So like I have a great respect for that because it's like that's just a natural gift. Mm-hmm. Like you can work on it and study it and get everything technically right but there's Mm -hmm. just like this innate quality to somebody's voice that
1: like you just you just like unique voices
0: yeah and she had i mean she definitely had that probably one of the most unique voices Mm -hmm. like if you hear a song you know it's by her
1: yeah exactly
0: and um but yeah there was just this sense that like it was like you know too soon Mm -hmm. and then also when it happened it's like she's 27 like she's part Mm -hmm. of this club now yeah and that was my other question, too, is, like, do you think that for these people that, especially, like, the more recent ones, has this, like, mythos of, like, the 27 Club become this its own thing now? Where it's sort of, like, if there's anybody notable that dies now at this age, mm-hmm. does that sort of elevate them, you know, posthumously? Like, for me, in my opinion, like, if that does happen to somebody famous, like, they're just part of this group now, you know?
1: Right. I think so. I mean, like, for me, like, I didn't get the connection right away. And then later on, it was like, oh, yeah, like, she's part of that now. So, um, I don't know. I think it's just, like, it's crazy that, like, these, like, major talents just, you know, all had to leave us really early. Because can you even, like, imagine, like... If you were to think about it now, like, if Kurt Cobain, if, uh, I don't know, Jimi Hendrix was still alive today, like, can you imagine, like, the music that would have continued on? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean... Right. Can you imagine, like, Nirvana today? Like... Yeah. That, that would be amazing that, I mean, there would, well, there would also be, like, no Foo Fighters, though, too. Foo Fighters wouldn't exist. It would just still be Nirvana. Mm-hmm. So, I mean.
0: Yeah.
1: So it would actually it's like just alternate would, history. Like would, what would have? What yeah. Done it. It, I mean, it would completely change like music somehow. Mm-hmm. You know. So.
0: Yeah. Um. So you know, going back to, Amy Winehouse. Um. When she was alive and doing music, um, mm-hmm. she was kind of famous for like, her her partying and, like, hard partying and, yeah. her, like, the drugs and the alcohol. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm looking back at her history here with um, the Back to Black album. Mm-hmm. And um, it says in 2005, she went through a period of drinking, heavy drug use, weight loss. Um, and then it says in 2006... A family member, her grandmother, d- uh, passed away, and that her grandmother was like just this like influence on her that stabilized her, and that like once she was gone, that's just sort of like um, compounded her problems mm-hmm. from there. Yeah, um, she's re- hospitalized routinely for ill health, um, overdosed on heroin, ecstasy, cocaine, alcohol, ketamine. Uh, suffered from eating disorders depression mm-hmm. self-harm so she had a lot of issues yeah and so i remember when she did when when the news had hit it was sort of like it's sad and definitely way too soon but mm-hmm. on some level it wasn't a surprise
1: yeah that was another thing too it was like you know it's really awful and sad to hear that like she had passed but also it was like you knew it was coming because like you've I mean she was constantly like in the news like Mm -hmm. you know Amy Winehouse like you know having this like drug addiction and I think there's even like I don't know if they took them off YouTube or not but like I think there was like some people who had caught her like on stage like singing but also like doing drugs at the same time like on stage while she's performing so like um she I mean was it was clear that she was like
0: spiraling. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I think yeah, that I think that was that one famous YouTube one where she's like doing drugs on stage, but also like while she's singing, she's like slurring her words and like just not really like into the you know, she doesn't remember the lyrics to her song because she's so high. Mm-hmm. You know? So, um uh, I think I don't know if they removed that from YouTube, but it's kind of disturbing to watch because right. like, you know, somebody who has like a major talent and you're just like, it's it's awful to see. Like, I mean, I, unfortunately, you have to say it, like it's kind of like a waste of, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Yeah. That kind of so that brings up another point that I wanted to talk about. That's sort of. Now, so this is sort of not really based on, like, the facts, but it's sort of, like, speculation. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have, like, thought, well, you know, why this age? Like, why these people? Mm-hmm. Um, so there was one thing that I found when looking up sort of this, the idea of this, like, 27 Club, and it, so it starts with Kurt Cobain um, when he died, and so it's sort of, like, that was sort of like okay there were these artists and it stretches back from like the 60s to the 70s and and there's a few other artists but it was really with him in 1994 when he died Mm -hmm. so it says um, you know Kurt Cobain committed suicide um, and he left a note and it was a, a lyric from a Neil Young song and it says hey hey my my it's better to burn out than to fade away. So he's leaving this note behind, and it's sort of about this idea that he's burning out. Mm -hmm. So if you look at, like, musicians, there's definitely this sense of, like, there's a musician in their prime. And I think that's true with any industry or any talent. You know, there's somebody that has this gift, whether it's art or sports or whatever, and it's sort of like them at their peak. And then there's this idea of like, well, if you're in it too long, eventually, you know, your talents burn out or fade out, actually. So it's sort of like the, the best example I can think of is in sports. So I'm glad you brought up that football example, mm-hmm. because there's this idea that, you know, an athlete at 25 is not the same as an athlete at 30. And it's just, mm-hmm. like, football, basketball, baseball. Like, they're not old, like, in any sense of the word. But just their physical talent and their level mm-hmm. of performance that they're required. And in comparison to others, like, it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. So there's athletes that stay around too long. And they're just, like, in the game. And they're not really at their best. And mm-hmm. it's hard to watch sometimes. No, Is like, that
1: is that because they start young? Is that why? Like, I mean... Is it, or is it because, like, I mean, because usually when you're a mega athlete like that, like, don't you just start at high school? Or is that just because you started younger than that?
0: Well, it it depends on the sport, but um, it's just a simple matter of, like, you're just not as fast as you used Mm -hmm. to be. You can't throw the ball as hard as you once could. So it's just a matter of, like, time. And so... There are some that can like, you know, have that natural gift of they can play well for a, a longer than other people. But them at like 35 or 40 on the football field or on the basketball court, you know, there's there's a there's a year where they just hit this wall and it's like they're still playing and they're terrible. And it's like, oh, it's hard to watch because it's like you were once really, really good. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, wow. And it's sort of, like, a little bit depressing to think about because it's sort of like there's this athlete that you idolize and they've sort of fallen off. I think Cobain is, like, hinting at this in his note. For him, it's better to burn out than to fade away. Burn out in the sense of, like, you know, bright and shining and, like, it's there and then it's just, it's it's out. Right. So analyzing that note, uh, his mother had a comment on it, so... It says um, when Kurt's mother, Wendy O'Connor, learned of her son's death at the age of 27 through the radio, uh, she said, quote, now he's gone and joined that stupid club. I told him not to join that stupid club. And people were like, what is she talking about? Like, mm-hmm. what is she getting at? And, um, you know, Rolling Stone magazine did this report and they looked at like the autopsy. Um and the no and the comments and they and they think that he was referring to this twenty seven club. Mm-hmm. So um, here clearly there's a reference to this club, the twenty seven club. Yeah. And I think what was shocking were, with this comment from oh I'm sorry Kurt this Cobain. was uh I'm looking at a picture of Jim oh. Morrison and it, yeah it's it's Kurt Cobain's mother. So yeah. So what was shocking about this comment from Kurt Cobain's mother was that. You know, it was a direct reference to this 27 Club. And Mm -hmm. I think that was the point where it became real, like a real thing. Like it wasn't just speculation or a coincidence. It was like an idea that was in Cobain's mind at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course he had, you know, he had his own problems, you know, tumultuous relationships drugs alcohol depression all of that the fact that he like made a reference to that and his mother made a reference to that was kind of um kind of shocking Uh and i think that was like the impetus for like looking back at all all of these artists like throughout time Uh and um and so like along that same line of thought too was that um, there's sort of the, been this, like, I don't know if you call it, like, an urban legend or, like, just a theory. Like, I, you always hear the phrase, like, if somebody's really good at something, you hear sometimes people will say, like, oh, like, they sold their soul for their talent. Mm-hmm. And I always, like, wondered where that came from. And that actually refers to one of the artists on this list so the first person that I found as part of this 27 club goes back to a death in 1938, Robert Johnson so this is like way back, this isn't just like the 70s this goes yeah, um, even further back so he was a blues singer um, so Johnson was known for chilling, folkloric songs off-kilter guitar riffs uh, just like bluesy rock and roll right and uh, you know apparently was this great musician and would uh, perform around the Mississippi the Mississippi area born in 1911 died in 38 and he was this you know American blues legend and made that region famous for for its music But um, there was this sort of idea that people would ask him, like, how did you get your talent? And it says, according to legend, Johnson would say that he sold his soul to the devil in exchange for his talent, and that he demonstrated this talent on the streets and corners of the Mississippi Delta, recording 29 songs between 36 and 37. And so... That was like the first instance I could find of somebody being like, oh, I sold my soul to the devil for this talent. And I think that's something that has kind of persisted throughout. Like Mm -hmm. if you look at musicians now, there's sort of this conspiracy of like the Illuminati, right? Right. That's something that we hear about. And that it's like, oh, there's people. It's this idea that there's people in uh, music and art and government and um, Hollywood. That they become famous really quickly in a really young age. And that's sort of like, well, how did this happen? How did they rise so fast? And so there's this idea that, you know, once you join this Illuminati group, Mm -hmm. um, you become famous and you get talent or something like that. Something along those lines. Right. So I think this is like the first reference to that idea of like
1: Mm.
0: somebody gaining talent and, you know, through supernatural means. Mm Mm-hmm so I think that was kind of interesting because to me like that's like the precursor for all of these conspiracies about like talent and music now you know yeah because how how like big has that conspiracy been now like I feel like everybody talks about that is like the Illuminati
1: yeah that's a I mean, everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everything.
0: And it like people will say like, oh, you know, like Jay-Z or Beyonce or mm-hmm. Kanye. Um, they'll throw up these like Illuminati signs. Mm-hmm. They'll and, always
1: find it somewhere like hidden in a video or like. Yeah. Something.
0: I think they do it now just to kind of like feed the trolls and kind of mm-hmm. like, I don't know, it gets them more attention. So I it's just this idea that. You know, people have a difficult time explaining how somebody becomes that famous or how somebody's that good at something. And so this is kind of like this, you know, kind of conspiracy explanation for that. Right. But I think this is like the first one, like Robert Johnson is like the original Illuminati, the forerunner for the modern day, like Illuminati conspiracy. Yeah. And the first one in this 27 Club. Mm hmm. Which is surprising that it goes back that far.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think that's um, the flip side to this conspiracy is that, you know, you could say, like, why did they die so young? Like, an explanation. And probably the most rational explanation is that, you know, they did fall into drugs and alcohol, and um, some of them had mental illness or depression or anxiety mm-hmm. and just the price of fame. Mm-hmm. But... Um, You know going with that conspiracy you could also say well you know the price of their fame or their talent Mm -hmm. was they could only live so long you know you could you could look at it that way too Mm
1: -hmm. i mean like a, a lot of them are you know unfortunate you know drug overdoses um you know alcohol um suicide Mm-hmm. Um, but do you remember? Um, he was an actor, and he was in the new Star Trek. This was very recent, in like twenty sixteen. Do you remember that in the news? His name is Anton Yelchin, and he played. Um, I don't remember what character he played in the the Star Trek reboot. No, he's he died at twenty seven, as well. Except like. During that time, there was like a recall for like Jeep. I think theirs is more like a little like the old iPod where you turn like a circle or something like that.
0: Okay, yeah, a yeah, few cars have that,
1: yeah. And so, like, I think there was like a recall or something on like with those certain Jeeps that if they put it in a gear, it wouldn't work sometimes. So, like, if it was at a park, if it was parked. And, like, I think if the brake wasn't on, it would still go forward. It would still move. Mm -hmm. So there was, like, a recall. What happened, the way that he died, is he was crushed to death by his own car because it was, like, in park and it didn't stay in park. And it was, like, it basically, like, ran him over and crushed him. I think that's what happened to him.
0: Yeah, that's kind of spooky.
1: Isn't it? Like
0: like his car, so it's basically his car. Yeah, because it says was like, moving by itself and it crushed. Yeah,
1: because it says like right here, like on the internet it says on June nineteenth, twenty sixteen, Yelchin was discovered between his Jeep Grand Cherokee and a brick pillar outside his home in Studio City, that was described as a freak accident.
0: So it it rolled down it this rolled hill backwards, and it, and yeah, and pinned him against against his like
1: house. a yeah, so
0: yeah, that's pretty um. I mean, that's pretty spooky. Yeah, and again, like, he was in um, the new Star Trek movies, you know, great actor, and Mm -hmm. again, like, so this was obviously an accidental death, but, um, yeah, like, an actor, like, cut down in his prime, Mm -hmm. and um, obviously, like, would have been in other movies, and probably would have had a great,
1: yeah, he probably would have gone, like, you know, from star trek to like who knows like
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's the thing about this too is like you know there's the conspiracy side of it there's sort of um the you know robert johnson selling his soul to the devil for his guitar skills Mm -hmm. um and there's like the, the tragedy aspect of it um you know of just like people suffering from you know addiction and mental illness and um you know, difficult life choices, and you know some of these people had not so great upbringings. Some of them, you know, came from privilege, but others didn't, um, and had trouble dealing with fame and notoriety, and maybe the pressure of like living up to that standard that they had.
1: Yeah.
0: So there's that that tragic aspect too, but there's also just this sense of like a loss of that talent and what that mm-hmm. what that brought to to people you know we talked about amy winehouse's unique voice Mm -hmm. uh janice joplin same thing oh yeah you know when you hear a song by her as well you know you know it's her like just this unique you can't imitate that hendrix the way he would play you know awesome to listen to even now
1: It's still incredible yeah like
0: you can go back on like youtube or you know buy albums uh and like sort of listen to it um his performances like Uh his star spangled banner is just like an all-time classic
1: that high of a level of guitar playing like Jimi hendrix
0: yeah just a unique sound and blend of styles and um just an amazing musician um and i think that's the other thing too about just in general like all of these people have like not just that they were great but like unique individuals oh
1: yeah
0: Kurt Cobain I mean just like when you think of like grunge like yeah it's that's the person you think of like he epitomized Uh like 90s grunge
1: yeah if it wasn't Kurt Cobain it was um Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam like those are the two that when you think of grunge you think of you think of those two you think of Nirvana you think of Pearl Jam like yeah uh uh-huh those like raw edgy guitar sounds uh Kurt Cobain's got a little bit of that like growl in his voice um Mm -hmm. yeah just some some great songs
0: yeah was like the archetype for like 90s Mm -hmm. 90s grunge yeah Um, and if you think of like the 70s too like going back to like Hendrix Mm -hmm. and Janis Joplin like I think of like Woodstock and you know Hendrix Mm -hmm. and like, those are people that you, you think of, like, Jim Morrison. The way they died, too, like, it's just sort of tragic. But also, um, I think these conspiracies or these ideas come up, uh, up, like, surrounding their deaths. But I think sometimes celebrities in general, like, there's questions about, like, well, what, what really happened? And um, there's just sort of this mystery of, like, well, sometimes, you know, when they describe what happened, like, especially, like, Jim Morrison... Um, there's still, like, some mystery about what exactly he died from. And I think that's something that surrounds, like, all celebrity deaths now is Mm -hmm. sort of, like, and just the loss of somebody so, like, famous and, like, a big, you know, celebrity. It's sort of like, well, what really happened? And was something Mm -hmm. covered up or was something not reported? I always
1: feel like when there's, like, a celebrity death, there's something hidden or something covered up, something that they don't want the public to know.
0: Right. Right. And I think that um, that makes sense. And it's to me, that's not even like a conspiracy that's just sort of like...
1: That's just to keep things private. Right. right? Because
0: they have like handlers and managers Mm -hmm. and people that do their marketing and like their image is, you know, any celebrity, whether they're an actor, a musician, a politician, their image is like carefully cultivated. Mm -hmm. Like they use like social media and marketing to like, you know, create this image of this person. So when something like this happens that can kind of like look badly upon them they definitely want to cover it up or like make it private right and especially with the death there is a sense of like well you do respect you know the family's privacy so some of it is probably you know for any of these all the details will probably never be known Mm -hmm. but um especially with the older ones like it's very hard to go back and like verify some of that stuff Mm -hmm. but um yeah, I think that just is, like, true, you know? Yeah. What really happened in those mm-hmm. final hours? Like, I think of, like, you know, like, Michael Jackson. you know, oh, he's, yeah. he's not in the 27 Club, but, you know, was a prominent celebrity death. And I think of, like, when that happened, it was sort of, like, well, like, somebody, like, came by and, like, visited him. Like, what was, like, when he died, like, somebody came over to him. Like, this was in L.A., right? Was it Lindsay Lohan? It was, like, somebody weird... And that you wouldn't expect, like he was sick and like about to die. Oh my gosh, this isn't even Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh, no. This is uh, Heath Ledger.
1: Oh. Okay, then that's a different story. Because I was going to say, I was like, the person who last saw Michael Jackson was a magician. <laughs> I mean like, because I'm reading it up and I was like, okay, like...
0: Okay, so I'm getting my and the stories mixed up here. Okay. So I'm actually thinking of Heath Ledger's death. So, um Heath Ledger did not die at age twenty seven, but he died at age twenty eight. Uh-huh. So that would have been another thing if he had been
1: Oh, I know. He was a good actor too.
0: Heath Ledger, it says It was about 3 p.m. on January 22nd, 2008, and Ledger was found unconscious in his bed by a housekeeper and a masseuse in his fourth floor loft apartment in Soho.
1: Now I know what you're talking about. And
0: it says, uh, according to police, the uh, masseuse arrived early for a three o'clock appointment with Ledger. And called Ledger's friend, Mary Kate Olson, yes. for help.
1: Now I know what you're talking about. I remember this.
0: Olson, who was in California at the time, directed a New York City private security guard to go to the scene. 326, less than 15 minutes after she first saw him in bed and only a few moments after the first call to Miss Olson, uh, the masseuse Diana Wall telephoned in telephone 911 to say, Mr. Ledger was not breathing um, at the urging of the 911 operator, the administered CPR, she administered CPR and was unsuccessful in reviving him and uh, pronounced him dead at 336. So I'm getting I'm getting this the Michael Jackson thing mixed up with Heath Ledger, but yeah, my point was that well with the, with this death it wasn't Jackson, but with Ledger. Um, when that happened, it was just so people were like, why why is she calling? Why is the masseuse calling Mary Kate Olsen? That was
1: my first question. Like, I, I totally remember, like, this and, like, now what you're talking about. And that was my first question. I was like, why didn't the masseuse just call 911 directly? Like, I mean... Yeah. that is It's, it's like just kind of weird, right? It was a weird thing. And, and
0: um, yeah. It, it's weird and maybe it speaks to how good of friends they were and it's just sort of her react like her instinct is just like okay maybe they spent time together maybe they knew each other very well and she just happened to be in LA while he's in New York and so she's just like I just her instinct was to call her um but, yeah, my point, like, my larger point about just that in general was, like, that was, like, kind of a, a weird, mysterious thing that happened. And, like, mm-hmm, right. unless you're involved with their lives, mm-hmm. I guess you really wouldn't know. Yeah, I think that happens with a lot of, like, celebrity celebrities. Mm-hmm. Like, something happens. Like, I can imagine, like, you know, some of these artists, like, maybe they they did too many drugs or they did too many alcohol. And it's happened several times. So, like, they don't call 911. They're like, hey, like...
1: Hey, so-and-so is not... They it, and, like, yeah.
0: like, what do we do? Mm-hmm. So I... That was sort of my reaction to it. Like, this is probably something that's happened even going back to the 70s. Mm-hmm. You know, some of their friends, they're like, hey, like, you partied with him one time. Like, you know, Hendrix isn't breathing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, he'll just sleep it off. He always does that or mm-hmm. something like that, you know. um. But it makes me think of, like, how many of these things were, like... Did stuff like that happen where you just kind of like you don't really know mm-hmm. the full details, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't but surprise me.
1: For Heath Ledger's case, I believe that no, it was it's it is weird because I think it was like wasn't that at the at the time where he was like filming uh, uh or like the, right the dark after night. after yeah. the Dark Knight or something like that yeah and like he, he had been. Joker. It was, like, a dark time for him or something like that. Like, he couldn't sleep. He had to take, like, all these, like... Like, he had to take sleeping pills to just fall asleep because he couldn't, like...
0: He totally immersed himself in that role. And this speaks to, like, some of the things we've been talking about, how there's just, like, legends and myths that come around, just, like, music and art and, like, film. Mm -hmm. Like, and they kind of just, like, become bigger than... Than even like the reality and some of the lines are blurred i think um but there people say that like for this role in particular for the joker like he went full into this role like rented a an, a, a hotel room and like locked himself in the room and was there for like weeks and like a month and just like consumed all of these like elements that he put into the joker and I actually I watched that movie recently and it's sort of like, wow, like he totally, totally went full into that role. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, for some of these people that are like artists and like creatives and they can be very like sensitive to their environment, their art and their craft. And so it can take a toll on them. Like, I think it does take something out of them.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: So for him, I think that totally that was a dark time for him. But I think he it was part of that what he gave up for that role.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I remember when that movie came out and watching it, and some of those scenes were, were hard to watch because it's sort of like knowing what happened, and you're watching it on the big screen, and you're like, wow, amazing to watch, but also sad to be like, wow, like, this it cost, oh, yeah, it cost yeah. him his life pretty much. Exactly. Um, and I think you can say that for a lot of these artists, like, they put their heart and soul into their music and mm-hmm. their performances, um, and, um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure it, it did cost them something to do that, but yeah, I think there is something about, you know, just in general, like whether it's music or art or yeah. film, like when you're watching something great and you're just like in awe of it, it's sort of like, wow, that you put that person on like, you know, a pedestal in a sense that like, wow, they're just like this great individual. Um, but clearly, you know, you look at some of these people and it's like they had troubled lives like behind the scenes, it wasn't all oh, yeah, it wasn't fantastic every day, you know, and I think a lot of us people who like admire them and like, oh, like I wish it would be cool to be like you know, a famous you know actor, musician, what what have you. But I think on the flip side, we don't realize like how hard it is to put yourself out there because mm-hmm. I mean, like even you know if you're if you're writing if you're if you're like a writer or like a blogger or like you know like youtuber like we're doing this podcast but it's it's um it's challenging to like put yourself out there and like you Mm -hmm. have your opinions and some somebody can react negatively to it oh yeah you hope that people enjoy it and get something out of it but it is a risk to do that um you know but even for them like that's like millions of people that listen to them and that they can influence and so that's That's probably got to be tough to be able to do that.
1: Oh right, I mean you got to keep up your persona every day. Um, You know, if you're on social media, you got to keep up with it every day. Maybe a few times a day. You have to watch what you say. You have to make sure that you're, um, you know, always like dressed to the nines, and or
0: or grungy if that's or or (laughs) grungy or you know hipster if that's that's your
1: if that's your style, (laughs) bike shorts. Um, you know, like, you always have to be made up, you always have to, like, make sure that, like, you have, like, the best things, um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of pressure, just, you know, being, being you, Mm -hmm. when you're not on screen, like, there's a ton of pressure, so, and then not only that, like, you have to go to work and go learn your lines and then go film for like 12 hours and then go do it again. And then you have to go and travel and then you have to go and promote the film, which is more traveling and it's a lot. So, yeah, I mean, I can see why, you know, I can see why somebody would be, you know, addicted to pills or, you know, unfortunately because it's like you got to keep going
0: yeah and if it's something that they were already dealing with before Mm -hmm. they became famous the fame just compounds that i think like Mm -hmm. if it's if some if you know if they are dealing with issues and it's just sort of like you have the fame on top of it it just compounds it i think Mm yeah um and we see that beyond just You know the members of this this um this 27 club like just celebrities in general Mm -hmm. like how many have gone to like rehab or through divorces or just like tragic circumstances Mm -hmm. um just today like at work somebody was bringing up um randomly like Tiger Woods Mm -hmm. and uh they're like oh like yeah Tiger's like trying to make this comeback and I was just kind of like overhearing this conversation and And they're like, yeah, he used to be really, really good. And then his life just fell apart for a few years. And he's just barely, like, getting back to a fraction of what he was before. Mm -hmm. And people were kind of like, well, he's doing better than he was. But how great that the level of greatness that he was at before the fall, it was like. Like, he'll probably never get back there, but. You know, he's, he's taking yeah. these steps to get back there. And so you're kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. you hope that he does, you know, work his way back and, you know, find some semblance of a normal life for himself.
1: I mean, I'm not even into sports, but I, I totally just remember, like, how great Tiger Woods was and everybody talked about him. You would see, like, clips and stuff back and forth, like, some mm-hmm. amazing shots right. that he had. And then he had, like, a breakdown. Yeah. And, like all these controversies against him.
0: Yeah, like the breakdown and, like, the cheating and then um, he had, like, this, like, back injury and I think he had, like, pills or something, like sleeping pills, a problem oh. or something.
1: Yeah, like, I remember that all that happened to him and then he, I, there was just one time, I don't remember what it was, it was, like, I, I what is it? what do you call it? You're a golf player. Yeah. <laughs> what do you call it when you're actually playing golf? is it a golf competition i don't know what i don't know what to call that a match a uh it's not a
0: yeah it's a match it's yeah. a,
1: a golf match yeah. that's weird to say i don't know but he was like at like a like a golf thing was, tournament. Is a tournament a tournament there yeah. you go okay a golf tournament and he i just remember like this one time i was just happened to flipping the tv or whatever and He's
0: doing a, a game of golf. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, I just, I don't know what to call yeah, it's it. a
0: tournament probably. A yeah.
1: tournament. And he was, you know, I was just flipping through the channels and I was like, oh, look, Tiger Woods, like he's back and, you know, he's doing his thing. Right. And it literally took him like five or six tries to get a ball into the little cup.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It took him forever. And you could see it on his face. You could see it in his body language. He was so frustrated, so angry. Right. And I was just like, really? He he couldn't do that in like one, like, like one hit. He couldn't do it like yeah. he used to. And he was getting so upset and angry. And I was like watching it. And I was like, I continued watching it because I was like, but it, I'm going to see how long it takes him to do this.
0: But it, was it hard to watch And that? it was hard. It yeah.
1: was, it was, it was awkward. And it was, it was awful. Mm-hmm. It was like, so awful to see him just struggle to do something that he was so good at and came to him so easily and then after all this it was just so difficult for him to get one simple just you know hit it and go in the cup hit it and go in the cup and he couldn't do it yeah he couldn't do it and he was just so angry and like even like the the people like talking like what are the commentators or whatever they were just like They didn't want to... I don't think they wanted to, like, say anything bad about it, but they were just, like, you know, like, oh, he he missed that one. Like, it was just... It was painfully awkward, and I was just... I felt bad for him, kind of. And I was like, gosh, like, that really messed with him. Like, stuff like that can really mess with a person. I'm sure his, like, self-esteem was just like non-existent at that point
0: right yeah i think um you know and it's fascinating to watch because he has been trying to make a comeback and when somebody is really good at something and then you know they have a you know a relapse or they fall into something and they're not themselves and then several things can happen so Mm -hmm. like the people in this club that we've been talking about, you know, some of them don't come back from that. Right. And then other people kind of just, like, fade into oblivion, like, oh, they were famous once and then now not so much. And they really haven't done anything since then. And then other people try to, like, scratch and claw their way back into some semblance of what they were. So, um, you know, you do have to respect those people who who try to learn from their mistakes and move past it and still try to be productive you know like tiger is trying to do um and then you do feel bad in a sense of loss for Mm. those people who um were phenomenal like probably you know once in a in several generations talents you know Mm -hmm. like like the morrisons and the Hendrixes and the joplins um or the wine houses, it's sort of like, wow, like, these were amazing people. And, you know, you just there is a sense of like, wow, like, what could have been? Yeah. Um, And then you do feel bad for the people that, you know, were like, had the one hits, and then they're just like, not around anymore. Well, they mm-hmm. are, but they're just kind of like, not doing much. Right. But um, yeah, I think, you know, that does just speak to the power of you know, music and art, and um, you know, our the passions that we have for like sports and entertainment and mm-hmm. these personalities. Like, it's not just mm-hmm. um, that's the weird thing about it too. Is it, it's not just like the music itself; it's the person too, like the personality, mm-hmm. and it's the whole package of like what that person brings. And I think that's what's hard for some of those artists. Like, you look at actors or athletes or what, or you know, anything that we've been talking about. A lot of them like their whole life is wrapped up in their talent Mm -hmm. like they're so good at something but that's like their whole life like that's them so if if they're not able to do that it's sort of like this is kind of why they fall into those those traps of like abuse or addiction or drugs it's sort Mm -hmm. of like they don't know how to separate themselves from their talent like and so I think they they can be overly harsh on themselves. Yeah, you know, um, that's why you see these tantrums like from Tiger or, mm-hmm. um, you know, Winehouse when she before she died. You know, she was famous for having these like rants at paparazzi and like oh, people yeah. on the street and like her boyfriend, and uh, it was it was it was hard to watch. But it was she was clearly upset at a lot of different things. Mm-hmm you know, looking at today's artists and some of the people that are kind of striving to be at that same level, um, you kind of hope to see this a more mature approach to, um, you know, their life, a balanced life, I would Mm -hmm. say, Um, because there are artists there that are famous now that are young and up and coming. And some of them, you're like, gosh, I hope that they don't fall into Mm -hmm. some of the traps that other artists have fallen into. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the top of my head, I can think of like like Miley Cyrus or mm-hmm. like Justin Bieber, um, Demi Lovato, like these young mm-hmm. people that were famous really early. Ooh,
1: scary! Because Demi Lovato's like twenty six, mm. and she just had she just you know is now she's had we some have really
0: her, yeah public her um, yeah
1: her really scary overdose. Yeah. So, like, honestly, hopefully, I hope she's one of those people who doesn't end up in this, in the 27 club, club. because that would be, that would be really upsetting for a lot of people. I mean, for her family, like, that's another tragic loss, like, you know, if that were to happen.
0: Right. So, like... Yeah, she's, I I really like her. She's mm -hmm. really talented, and she's i think a good person um she's just dealing with some tough issues right now and and you hope that these people learn from their mistakes and everybody has mistakes and so um you know to judge them too harshly i think is a Mm -hmm. little bit too insensitive and you know some people are like well they're rich and they're famous and they have everything so why should we feel bad for them it's like no these are people too and they have their challenges are not the same as our challenges, but they're challenges nonetheless. And you mm-hmm. hope that um, they're able to learn from, mm-hmm. from the stuff that happens to them. Mm-hmm.
1: And you hope that they get help that they need. Yeah. Because they can't just, you know, just because you have money doesn't mean like you go and get the help that you know. Right. I mean that just because you have money doesn't really solve anything. Sometimes it just adds to it.
0: Right. Like you would think they would have more access, but really they're surrounded by people that are, um, you know, handlers and publicists and agents and, um, paparazzi circling them like vultures. Uh Like that's what their life is like. And so it's not easy for them to go Uh on a moment's notice whenever they need something to go get help. And so, exactly. Uh, one thing that I'm encouraged about, and I think, um, I think all of us can be thankful for is that in recent years I've noticed Hollywood in particular but just like our culture in general has had a greater awareness for just like mental health in -hmm. general and it's taken like artists and musicians and actors to come forward and say like hey I'm dealing with this Um, you know I'm trying to get help and you know anybody else that's out there that needs help they should mm-hmm. go seek it um there's just like an open dialogue now about mental health and wellness yeah. and as somebody that studied psychology um like that's what I went for for school you know I was uh, in New York for two years doing um studying psychology and part of that is you know the theoretical side but a lot of it was just like having and advocating for a greater access to those resources And just pointing people in the right direction because a lot of people don't know how to get help Mm -hmm. and so um you know looking at some of these tragedies in you know music history and um you would like to think that if they were around today they may have had better access to some of the stuff that could have helped them yeah um so that's something that i'm encouraged by you know looking forward and Um, That's something I would like to see more of Mm -hmm. and not just in music and Hollywood, but just like our culture in general, Mm -hmm. just an overall um, better access to those resources and awareness for resources. Yeah. A lot of different topics. But um, I think this was something that I've really found fascinating and I've been wanting to do this episode for a while because, um, you know, I have such a respect for music in general because I'm not musical so I don't have any musical talent I can't sing I can't dance I can't act but um so that I admire the people that can do that Mm -hmm. and so like music I just have like such a respect for like singers and like performers because it's just um it's a god-given talent yeah and it really um, is yeah something that shouldn't be wasted so if you can play anything like yeah do it but um, any final thoughts about just sort um, of what we were talking about?
1: Something real quick, though, that's connected to, like, the 27th Club. And I know that this is not real. This is a myth. But have you heard of the white lighter myth? Yeah. Did you read about that? Or did you... did you?
0: I was actually... Did um, you see that? I was actually going to bring that up. And I thought maybe we could do that in, like, a superstition one. But mm-hmm. I think it is worth talking about because i had heard this so there's like Uh um this superstition that white lighters are unlucky Mm -hmm. and i actually didn't hear about this i read about this while doing research for this this episode today but somebody had told Mm -hmm. me about this one of my friends in high school played guitar Mm -hmm. and um i think he like he was like into cigarettes and I remember Mm -hmm. one time there was a party and somebody was like you know he's looking for a lighter and somebody pulls out a white lighter and he's like no man get that out of here like it's bad luck and (laughs) he goes into this story about Uh how like some of the musicians that have died young or too early I don't know if they were part of the 27 club but were found with like a white lighter like it was multiple people and so that's considered unlucky yeah so, is it, like, so, were people found
1: The myth with that it's, like, an urban legend that there were, yeah, of course, that there were musicians that died with white lighters in their pocket, and that the myth is that, like, Jimi Hendrix was found with one, that Janis Joplin was found with one, Jim Morrison was found with one, uh, some others, Kurt Cobain was found with one, like... I guess the, the brand, like, Bic, like, that's famous for, like, pens and lighters and razors and whatever. Yeah. Basic stuff that you lose around the house. Um, like, I guess they didn't make that color of lighter, I guess, like, it was after the deaths of most of those, uh, artists, but they thought it was, like, it might have been possible with, like, Kurt Cobain, um... Because then they started producing them after a certain time. So they didn't before and that they did afterwards. So they're like, it might be, it could be a true thing like with Kurt Cobain, but also like it's not, but I think they all, there's somebody also pointed out that like there was another brand of lighters out there, like a different lighters and like, that's kind of like where it, it's a possibility. Yeah. It's a possibility, but it's not like a hundred percent true. But I thought that was weird because like I guess the story is that like it's a like a very rare color. Oh,
0: uh, okay.
1: And like um I guess they they made like two colors, like black and white. And I it, to get a white one it, it was rare. I don't know. Okay, so like so that therefore that's about... why it was like unlucky, I don't know.
0: Okay. Yeah, so that Yeah, there's there's two parts to that. So I'm like, okay. So they're basically saying, well, it's probably just a myth or whatever. Yeah. But the weird thing would be like, what if they actually were found with white lighters and -hmm. and Bic's like, well, we didn't even make those. So how did they get that? I know. Yeah. Well,
1: okay. Well, the crazy thing is like, if you you look up Kurt Cobain's death, there's an actual picture of like the stuff that he had, like, I guess when he died some other things and in the picture of it there's a lighter that's really light in color and you can't tell whether if it's just like a really pale light pink or if it's white so like it's in there Mm -hmm. but you can't like i mean the picture is like old it's from 94 so like
0: not definitive it's
1: not You can't, like, 100% be, like, oh, that's white. Oh, that's pink.
0: Right. But But there was a lighter. But
1: there was a lighter there. Okay. So, like, there's actually two. Like, you can point out, like, one was clearly had, like, a design on it or whatever. And then there was another one that was just plain. But, like, yeah. I mean, because the picture is old already. I mean, 94 was a long time ago. So but from the picture you're like oh that's spooky like that's right yeah
0: like what if they like, like what sold if... their soul for talent and this was like the marker and of that their was talent. like yeah like, and then when the lighter runs out of fluid it's like yeah that's their life that's like, it that would be that's
1: really <laughs> that's an intense scary thing i just thing. came
0: up with that theory but
1: <laughs> that they um, all got them from the same store yeah like, like
0: wouldn't that be kind of like I don't know, fitting like you know you mm-hmm. have this talent, but it's yeah. only like in this lighter, and so mm-hmm. like each time you use it. Or it's what if it light. was
1: like the same lighter and it was passed down?
0: And the weird thing too is at rock concerts, people
1: will light- hold
0: up their lighters yeah. like.
1: Well, I don't know who actually holds up a lighter anymore because I don't think they're
0: well. They have pulled up their cell phones in, now. You pull
1: up your cell phone and you put yeah. the the. the uh,
0: but in the seventies, like that, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think that totally makes sense. Like. This is their lighter, and they they can only use it a few times, and like once that's out, like yeah, and it's got it's like it, I mean it at, is at disposable. Like, so yeah, what if it was only good for or if tw- they lose it?
1: What if it was good for twenty seven uses? Right, and then that was it.
0: And like that's why some of these artists like lip sync now is like they can only do like that many performances, so it's like they can't waste them; they got to use them. And that's on why they lip sync. Oh yeah. my god that's my theory oh my god we're like we're totally kidding but i I know it's just it's i don't want to use the word fun to speculate but it's um i I don't know
1: i don't know i mean it might be just fun to make up like a myth yeah but
0: i think that i mean that's part of what um um you know what i was talking about earlier it's just like yeah like songs and music and movies like there's this uh the really good ones Uh there are myths and sort of legends that come out of those like um that song that i was looking for just the fact that this person this singer had like oh yeah there's this song and it has a backstory and a history and you can look it up and it was actually really fascinating to kind of to to look that up but i think that for a lot of good pieces of art like there's some stuff behind it that you can go deeper and deeper into it and Uh some of it's probably not true but um, it is fun to kind of speculate because I think that just speaks to how good that work is and um, how good that performer is. Yeah. So um. Yeah, but that's that was something that I was aware of, but um, the white lighter myth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that was a little weird. I was like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and I think it totally fits into this yeah. to what we're talking about here. Um. But, yeah, I mean, I think that'll, you know, wrap up our discussion today. We talked about some good stuff. Um, any other final thoughts?
1: Um.
0: I mean, I'm fans of, like, all of these people. Oh, yeah. Winehouse, Cobain, mm-hmm. Morrison Hendrix, Joplin, Brian Jones. Robert Johnson, that um, blues singer, I, I was not familiar with him, but I'll have to look him up because... Mm-hmm apparently he was very talented so
1: yeah I mean you never know like that kind of style of music just you know leads on and evolves into music that we have today so
0: yeah so it says uh, Robert Johnson American blues singer great skill at a combination of singing guitar songwriting Um, yeah and it says there was a, a Uh, faustian myth that he sold his soul to the devil at a crossroads in mississippi for his talent and also fittingly we opened with a little eric clapton story so robert johnson has um eric clapton credited him as the most important blues singer that ever lived Huh. so that's a fitting end to our, our podcast full circle yeah i just read that right now so um Many rock musicians credit Johnson as an important influence, including blues and rock musician Eric Clapton, who called him the most important blues singer that ever lived, and um, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986. And uh, Rolling Stone magazine called him one of the 100 greatest guitarists of all time. Wow. Yeah, add him to that list. But yeah, um, I think that, that wraps up our discussion on the 27 club we really hope that you enjoyed our episode this was fun to talk about because it was just like music culture Mm -hmm. conspiracy
1: yeah
0: lots of good stuff so we hope you enjoyed and uh, thank you for listening
1: thanks guys